Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Now here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. And welcome back to Coast to Coast. George Norrie back with you with Mr. Lobo. Mr. Lobo, what happened to the horror hosts? How did they fade away? I mean, did local production just fade away and so did they? I think I think really the access to the movies changed the landscape. I think when cable happened and a lot of the movies, uh, horror movies went to cable and then, of course, the whole explosion with VHS. Yeah. Um, and, and a lot of those, so a lot of those movies were locked up and, uh, and then of course I think just the greed of advertising too, because you can put more commercials in if you don't have, uh, the host wrapping around everything. So, um, so, but I do feel like even in those, in those time periods where, cause I, cause, cause I think that there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a change, you know, whenever there's a new medium horror hosts are there, you know, it started out with the, uh, the VHS stations and then when when the VHF stations got too highfalutin then all the UHF stations started picking them up and even on cable you know you had your versions of horror hosts and in syndication like Elvira was syndicated she was the first national horror host and you know so so in syndication you had horror hosts even though you know and you still and some of those local guys hung on in different areas but they it wasn't as strong as it was uh, in the 50s when it was new, and in the 70s there was another explosion of them too, um, the creature, which I, what I call the Creature Features era, which is when I was watching as That's a kid. That's right. And you had a mentor, Bob uh, Wilkins, right? 
Bob Wilkins. Yeah, you know, when I was a kid, I would have dreamed of meeting Bob. Um, you know, my dad was into these movies, and he, and he, um, you know, I was just watching those movies to spend time with him. Half the time, I was hiding under the coffee table from those movies. But Bob was this calming presence. He was just really fun, dryly funny, but really funny. He just was a guy in a suit uh, with a big cigar and a rocking chair. And uh, he, he was a calming presence in between these horrific movies for me. And I always thought he was just a cool guy to spend a Saturday night with. You know, my dad was asleep in the recliner. Bob was talking to me, you know. And then when I got older, I wrote for a magazine called Planet X, which is a sci-fi um, pop culture magazine. And we did some live shows to promote the magazine. And Bob Wilkins um, was generous enough. He, we interviewed him for the magazine, and he was generous enough to come out and host these revivals with us, creature feature revivals. And um, Bob just immediately just was very encouraging. He just kept saying things like, you know, I, I love this material you're writing. You should do this sort of thing. You should get out in a chair and host movies. And he just kind of... Um, encouraged me, you know, and I was too shy initially, but after a while I thought, well, maybe this is something I could do. And eight years later, I had a job at a TV station and they had an overnight movie that ran 25 minutes short. And because of Bob's encouragement, I was able to walk into the general manager's office and say, I think I could fill this 25 minutes with something. And, And that was how my show began. He died about 13 years ago, something like that, didn't he? 2009, yeah. yeah. It was very, uh, that was very hard. That was a dark time for me. Yeah, that was. And he wasn't I, oh, ghoulish, by the way. He, was, he had a cigar on the set and everything else, didn't he? It, he Yeah, he, he wasn't, no, he didn't, he wasn't a vampire or, um, he wasn't a vampire or a Or in costume or, or anything. Scientist didn't wear a costume or a cape. He was just a guy, he was just a guy. You know, my persona is very similar. Whereas I'm just in a suit. I have big glasses and you know, and 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 uh, so yeah, he was. There are very few that are like that. Like Chili Billy Cardilli um, out of Pittsburgh was like that. Um, there's a very few of like the normal guys or pseudo normal guys because none of us are normal guys. I think all horror hosts are weirdos and they're funny. All horror hosts are humorous. I think I can't I can't think of any horror host that doesn't have any humor at all. I remember Sir Graves Gastly here in the Detroit area. He was remarkable, and they synd- he syndicated all over. Um, people down in Virginia love him also. Um, when I did the documentary Virginia Creepers, we covered Graves Gastly, and my goodness, he was intensely funny, and the, and the production value of his show was amazing. That's amazing, too. Let's talk about some of the horror films, and we'll get into your uh, yeah. premiere that you're going to have here. On April 24th in the Los Angeles. Uh, Noah Orida. That's right. Northern California. Northern California. To Northern me, California. to me, in California, everything's Los Angeles. It's so it's widespread. <laughs> For most people, it is. But as a Northern California, I have to live in that shadow. <laughs> as a as a nor- as a native born Northern Californian, I had to live in that shadow of of, of L.A. How would life. you compare horror films of yesterday to horror films today? Well, the audience keeps changing, so it depends on whose money they want, typically. Um, I think that, you know, in the early days, I think that, you know, it was thought of as mostly kid stuff, so um, they were were generally made um, with... Not necessarily with ten-year-olds in mind, but those were the one; those were the ones buying the tickets. 
So um, in the in the, the the classics, I think were, were were mostly made for a younger audience. And then in so there was a certain type of movie that were they were almost fairy tales, like Dracula and Frankenstein, are almost fairy tale like. That's right. And then in the sixties. It was for teenagers making out at the drive-in, right? So the the movies got a little spicier, and and uh, a little weirder because it was teenagers who was who were watching that movie, and the, uh, watching those movies. And then in in the seventies, I think there was such a fierce um, desperation uh, from Hollywood uh, to compete with television that the that the movies just got a, a little a lot darker. And um, and so again, it was a much more mature uh, audience. So I think again, I think the, the, what what I miss is that in the, the movies of the fifties had so much amazing atmosphere. Same with the movies of the thirties. You know, they would they took their time and they they built a really um, creepy world where where these things could exist. Whereas nowadays, the, the a lot of the stories are so rushed that. There's no suspension of disbelief, and they're 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 kind of like um, I don't know. There there aren't a lot of, of great modern movies with great atmosphere. Were the movies then made primarily for the big screen as opposed to making them for television? Uh, cer- certainly initially, um, but I, I think a lot, I think initially they were um, made for. Um, the big screen, and but then I think they were. I think at a certain point they relented. When the video era came, I think they were a lot of horror movies had a much more robust life uh, on videotape and DVD. So I think a lot of horror movies are are now made with the concept of being for the small screen. How would you categorize Alfred Hitchcock and his work? Were they horror films or were they mysteries? Uh, I guess he was the master of suspense, but he definitely, I mean, he engineered the slasher movie. I don't think we would have, I don't think we would have Texas Chainsaw Massacre or Friday the 13th or any of the so-called slasher films without Psycho. I think this, I think the the slasher, um, uh, the slasher, you know, the rise of the slashers began with Psycho. So I I think to a degree, he was experimental and he was an artist and, and he was a, a great filmmaker. And so one of the paints in his paint boxes was horror and the macabre. And I think that every filmmaker after him, uh, you know, uh, got up on his shoulders. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet that's right up to fifteen hundred dollars again sign up using code buckeye and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet BetMGM and game sense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park that's 1-800-GAMBLER I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. 
Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. He was a genius, wasn't he? Certainly, yeah. Twisted genius, but certainly a genius. Yet in that movie Psycho, you never saw the knife lash into her. It never actually enters her, no. It's, it's all sleight of hand. It's you like think it does, break. and your mind thinks it does, but you don't see it. There's a great story where he, they're stabbing melons with knives to try to get the sound effect of it going into Janet Lee, And he just sits there and watches these, these uh, um, studio guys stabbing melons and says nothing. And then as he walks out the door, he just says, Cassaba. I love it. <laughs> And that's the sound that we hear in the film. I think I remember as a kid seeing the original House on the Haunted Hill, and it scared the living daylights out of me. House on Haunted Hill is a remarkable film because it holds up beautifully. I mean, I still talk to 8-year-olds and 10-year-olds today who love that film. Every generation finds House on Haunted Hill. It's got the, 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 the blind woman in the basement is still scary, you know? Um, and uh, it's just uh, it's just full of thrills and spills, and it's just a fun, scary movie. Vincent Price is remarkable in it. Uh, we're showing it at our pop-up drive-in uh, during the summer. Um, so uh, yeah, it's 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 very robust. Uh, that was a 1959er. I was nine years old when that came out. My God, William Castle. He was kind of he was sort of competing with Alfred Hitchcock, but his his big thing was gimmicks. You know, where in, with House on Haunted Hill, it was presented in Emerjo, where they would have a, a skeleton suspended over the audience in the climactic scene. But in The Tingler, which also had Vincent Price, they put buzzers in the seats, you know, to scare people, and then you know they had all sorts of things like that, where Dr. Sardonicus, where people were voting to change the ending of the movie, and and the, the coward's corner, where they you know, and the nurses in attendance, and the you know, all of that stuff. That the William Castle was, he his goal was to compete with television, and he would personally tour with these movies and gauge the audience and and do these sort of interactive things in the theater. Great guy. Forty years later, 1999, they came out with another House on the Haunted Hill, but it wasn't quite like the first one. No, they did a remake, and honestly, it's not, it's not terrible. It's not I bad. Just, no, it's, it's not it's, bad. It's, uh, it's just misunderstood, as I like to say about a lot of the films we show. But yeah, I, I think that, you know, again, you know, the, what, the way I feel about remakes is the way I feel about most movies. 90% of all movies fail, you know. I don't think you, it's tougher. I think doing a remake is tougher because then you're, you're, you're competing with everyone's memory of another film. Exactly. Your only real chance is to perhaps 
um, you know, get a, a new, a young audience that never saw the original. What is interesting about remakes is that even though we like to criticize remakes, the original always gets a boost. You know, that uh, everyone revisits that first film. You know, so it keeps them rel- it keeps the classics relevant. Every time they're remade, it it, it kind of solidifies why those films are classics in the first place. My father took me to a movie called The Mysterians. Remember that one? Oh, yeah. Wow. I haven't thought Jap- about that in a Jap- while. That was a Japanese horror film, I think. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That was, uh, was that uh, late 50s? Yeah, late, late 50s, early 60s. It early had to 60s? be. Yeah, that's, what I, that's where I'd place it. It was, a, it was about an invasion of extraterrestrials. Nin- yes. 1957s when it came out. There it is. 57. Late 50s. That was a good guess. Japanese production. Ja- the Japanese came out with some great things after the horror of the two nukes that were dropped on uh, Hiroshima and Nagasaki. They came yeah. out with a lot of horror films based on Certainly. radiation yeah. poisoning. Godzilla is definitely a metaphor for uh, Hiroshima and Nagasaki for for certain. And that first film is actually not real fun to watch <laughs> if you think of it in that perspective. But but certainly uh, impressive. And and Godzilla ended up being one of the most robust franchises of any horror character. I mean, I think there's more uh, more Godzilla movies than Frankenstein, or you know, and they're still going. I mean, we still got brand new Godzilla movies being made. We had Godzilla versus King Kong, or yeah, Godzilla versus King Kong last year. We're going to take calls next hour with Mr. Lobo about your favorite horror films or horror hosts. In terms of stars, actors, Mr. Lobo, Mm -hmm. Vincent Price, he was way up there. Who else? Oh, Christopher Lee, uh, of course, Karloff, uh, Boris Karloff, Bela Lugosi. Lon Chaney. um, Lon Chaney, of course. uh, You know, uh, John Carradine. I mean, there's so George Zuko, I mean, there's uh, Donald Pleasance. There's so many wonderful uh, actors, and if in horror, and really, what's I think what's remarkable is you have these guys appearing in like 200 movies. That's why we don't have a lot of horror greats today, is because there isn't that kind of commitment where we see like the same face in 200 horror movies. Right, exactly. I mean, how many Frankenstein movies did Karloff star in? My God. Oh gosh, yeah, he did. He did. Well, he was only the monster in three of them. Um, but they, but Universal did continue with other actors playing the same monster in the in the horror cycle. And then the great spinoffs of some of the uh, horror movies of Frankenstein, the werewolf, and things like that were the uh, plastic figurines, that, the models that came out afterwards. The Aurora models. Aurora, that's right. Would, gl- would glow in the dark, and um, boy, you know, the, you'd put it together, and you'd be so proud, and then you'd try to paint it, and you'd ruin it. Yep. That, that was my experience. They, they cost a fortune today. There's the used ones, I guess, that are out there. You, you yes, go on uh, eBay; they cost yeah. a fortune. I was at the I was at Cackleberry Farm Antique Mall, uh, and I saw them going for eighty bucks in there. Um, so yeah, they're 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 if you have one, and that was one that was somebody already you know painted, and some of the fingers were broken off. So yeah, if you've got those Aurora models, uh, they're worth money. On your website, which one do you direct people to for the California premiere? Uh, boy, that's a good question. We will have updates on both OSI74.com and CinemaInsomnia.com. So I guess those would be two spaces to watch. You're hosting the show. It starts at 7 o'clock, right? In, 7 at the, uh, or in the yes, theater. It's called 
up late with Bob Wilkins. It's at the Orinda Theater in Orinda, and it is a, a basically an overview of the fan reaction of of Bob Wilkins as a host. Which, of course, uh, you know, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing today without Bob. So I'm in the film. It's going to be strange because I'm hosting the premiere, but I'm also in the films, and I'll be doing the Q and A with the um, the cast and crew. Well, I hope you get a lot of coast to coast listeners up that way to go see you. I hope so too. You know, it would be lo- it would be lovely to see some of them in person. And one of these days, you and I have to get together. Maybe we could sh- screen some episodes of uh, science fiction theater or something, and just 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 yak about it. That was one of my dad's favorite shows too. He loved. He just liked all those things. He just loved them. It's a wonderful bonding thing, isn't it? With a, with a father and son b- bonding. It's one of the best. I'll, I, I will cherish those days and remember them for the rest of my life, Mr. Logo. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern and go to coasttocoastam.com for more. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare hello it is ryan and i was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com i looked over the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing they're also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine tingling shows on a and Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. 